0: Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We are going to pray together over the Word of God tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord God of heaven, this is your Word. Bring us back. show us, reveal, accelerate our knowledge, help us understand that every word of God is pure. And as I'm speaking them tonight, Lord, let us receive what you have to say in the name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I am going to be keying off of what Pastor Bobby taught on Sunday about at the beginning. And there's something that I just love to do, and that is when I'm studying a subject or I hear about a subject like I did Sunday morning, I want to go back to the first mention of it. Some of you may know about the first mentioned principle in the Bible. Whenever something is mentioned, first of all, there's like a seed there that's going to grow and grow and grow in its theme all through the Bible. So I decided I was going to go look up the first time the word king or kings appeared. And I honestly thought it was going to be around the time of David or something like that, you know, and I knew there were uh, some other kings even before him because the people round about, the Israelites, had kings. But I was surprised to find out that it goes all the way back to the book of Genesis and chapter 14. And so when I read about what was going on there, I I started reading and I go, okay, well, I'm not so sure this is super significant. But by the time I was done with it, I think the Lord really showed me something that I would love to share with you tonight. And that is, I'm going to be talking about Melchizedek, Messiah, and me. How many of you ever heard about Melchizedek? Just a few. Well, there's a reason why you probably haven't, because he's kind of hidden back here in this story in Genesis 14. His name means, in the Hebrew language, now I'm not a Hebrew, I know a little... Uh, Hebrew, but he owns a bagel shop in New Jersey. <laughs> but the, the word Melchizedek means Melchizedek in Hebrew. You'll never guess what those two words mean. King of right. So when you hear about this guy here, you're going to go like I did. Like, Where did he come from? Because Abraham was coming back from a big battle. He was rescuing Lot, and there was a bunch of kings that were warring. And some of them took Lot, uh, which is his nephew, and all the women and the children and all of their goods. And they literally kidnapped them all. And Abraham got 300 of his servants, and he said, I'm going to get these guys, man. We're going to fight. And so he went and rescued Lot and his family. And on the way back, listen to what happens. Just a few verses about this guy here. Then Melchizedek, this is Genesis 14. Melchizedek, king of Salem. Wow, there's a Salem road here in town. Does anyone know what the word Salem means or Salem? Peace. The king of peace, that was his territory or his domain, brought out bread and wine. Does that remind you of anything we just did tonight? Way back here in the book of Genesis, y'all. And if you're not feeling goosebumps yet, (laughs) you will in just a minute when you think about this guy. He was, watch this, the priest of God Most High. What? Where did he come from? Who is this dude? He just shows up. And he blessed Abram and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High. He knew, here's another man that served the Creator of heaven and earth. He said, Watch the words here possessor of heaven and earth. That's who the God Most High is. You see, God has a kingdom in heaven, the scripture says, and He wants to bring that heaven to earth. And so Melchizedek, this priest, recognized that the possessor of heaven and earth needs to bless this man, Abram. And he not only blessed Abram, but he said, And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Wow. Can you imagine him there? Do you have a picture of Melchizedek and Abraham? you can show everybody? I managed to pick this up uh, down at the newspaper in ancient mess. (laughs) But think about that. Here's this guy. He comes out of nowhere. And there's only a few verses about him. And watch what Abram does. Gave him a tithe of all. Now, I know some people that say I don't believe in tithing, man. That's in the law. I'm not a legalist. I don't believe in that. I said, well, what about Abraham? That's before the law was even thought of. He gave tithes to a king named Melchizedek. Mm, Hmm. Think about that. We'll have a little bit more to say about that in a little bit when we get to the New Testament. So The next time you really think about kings, you you probably jump to David, who is like one of the best kings ever, right? And he was not only a king, but he sometimes acted as a priest. And he would put on the ephod. Hallelujah. I remember Pastor Bobby preaching about getting getting my ephod on. (laughs) And so he worshiped God. He loved God. And so in his Psalm, one ten four, 4, he's speaking. And David was a prophet, too, you know, the Scripture says. And he was prophesying in this Psalm. And he was talking about the reign of the Messiah. And listen to what he says. The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek. Wow. What was God showing David in the spirit, Pastor Caleb? Right here. He was showing David something that God was never going to change his mind about. He has sworn to make this happen, and that is that this Messiah was going to be a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Very important things that are happening right here in the Scripture. So we're going to go and talk about the Messiah now. We talked about Melchizedek, and I said Melchizedek, Messiah, and me. So the word Messiah in the Hebrew language, it, it appears in the book of Daniel when he talks about Messiah coming, and you've heard of Messiah. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the Messiah? Yeah. yeah. When I looked up what the Hebrew word for Messiah is, is Mashiach. And get this, Pastor Bobby, it means anointed, priest, or king. Come on, man. Has God got all of this planned out or what? Matthew 4.17. This is one of those first mentions. And I said, you know what, Lord? Lord. If you'll allow me, I want to talk about first mentions in relation to this because Melchizedek was the first mention in there when he first talked about kings. So I want to see what when King Jesus came, what's the first thing that he had to say? After Jesus was tempted of Satan in the wilderness, he came forth. The Bible says the hit, led him into the wilderness After he was tempted, he came out with power. From that time, it says, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here now. It has arrived. The first words out of Jesus' mouth, the first mention is so important in the Bible. And this God who has come to earth now and his son is speaking the first things that he preached as he began his ministry to repent for the kingdom of his heaven is at hand. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom message is good news. That's what the word gospel means, right? Glad tidings. It's good news because God's government is here now. You all have been running it your way, folks, but God is about to set up a kingdom that he's going to rule. And not only was he speaking about it, but he was healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all people who were afflicted With various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Boy, it didn't take long for the word to get out there that there's a guy preaching that the kingdom of God is coming. He's healing everybody. He's casting out demons. He's raising the dead. He he is he is changing people's lives. That's our Jesus. So he came declaring, and in the back of your syllabus, there is a mention of a flyer that I put together about all the miracles and parables that Jesus did. You'll see it mentioned there. It's available for a download. And it talks about every miraculous thing that he did. And he fulfilled a whole lot of scriptures by doing them. And not only what he did, but what he said. So he came declaring and demonstrating the kingdom of God. What a God. And so people tried to make him an earthly king during his ministry when they saw all this stuff. He was feeding people, and he was uh, coming against the authorities. And they thought, wow, this is is the the king that's going to come, that's going to take David's place, and we're going to get our kingdom back. But Jesus said, no, no, and he'd actually run away from them when this started going on. But right at the end, before he died, watch this, he's before Pontius Pilate, who's got the the earthly ability to put him to death. And he's being examined by this procurator of Rome. And Pilate was upset about everything that's going on. And he says, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would come and fight so that I would not be delivered to the Jews. But now, my kingdom is not from here. You know why? He's the king of heaven. He's come to earth to set up the kingdom. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, This is the only time he came right out and said it. You say rightly, I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is the, of the truth, hear's my voice. Mm. You're hearing it right from the Messiah's mouth, the whole reason he came was to be a king and set up a kingdom. And finally in the book of Revelation on this subject of the Messiah Revelation 19, John saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine and white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe. And on his thigh a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. What's his name? Jesus. Let's praise him. Praise you, Jesus. You are our king. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5, which is a book in the New Testament that is written to Jewish people to explain to them about how precious their new Christian faith was as compared to the old Hebrew religion. But they had an issue back then because their Messiah was supposed to come from David's right? The son of David. He was supposed to be the son of David from the tribe of Judah. That's who their king was going to be. And their priest had to be from the tribe of Levi and the family of Aaron, right? Or he couldn't be a priest. So the writer of Hebrews is kind of clearing this up for the Hebrew people who had this question in their minds about how can Jesus be a king and a priest? He's not even from Aaron. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. And no man takes this honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, in other words, God said to Jesus, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, oh, here it is, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And then the book of Hebrews goes on, like from chapter 7 to chapter 10, talking about Melchizedek. Hebrews 7, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom all Abraham gave, a tenth of all, first being translated king of righteousness. Right? He was the king of right. And then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Now, this was not written in the Old Testament. But watch this. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. Oh, yeah. Woo. You know, some theologians think that was a kind of an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament, they call it a theophany. Whoever that guy was, serving bread and wine, (laughs) the king of right, the king of peace, it just kind of gives me the chills. He was then Alpha, and he was an Omega. (laughs) Woo! And inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath, for they, Aaron's descendants from the tribe of Levi, had become priests without an oath. But he, David's descendant from the tribe of Judah, Jesus, with an oath by him who said to him, in David's Psalm 110, the Lord has sworn and will not relent, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, my son. So Jesus was a king and priest. And he had like a dual lineage from Judah and through the Spirit through Melchizedek. My God. Hebrews 10, every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. Man, I was thinking the other day, can you imagine how much blood was shed for people's sins under the Old Covenant? Would you say thousands of gallons? Millions of gallons? Billions of gallons? All of that blood that was shed didn't do the job. It could not take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. That's you and me, y'all. Come on. That one offering of Jesus Christ and his blood took away our sins. Woo. Therefore, brethren, Therefore, having boldness to enter the holiest. What's the holiest? That's the most holy place there in the tabernacle that we talk about so much around here. Where the presence of God dwelt. Where a, uh, one high priest once a year went in there. You talk about limited access. First of all, you had to be a Jew. That took a, ticks out a lot of people. Then you had to be of the tribe of Levi, which of all the 12 tribes, that's only one. Then out of the tribe of Levi, you had to be from the house of Aaron. And then from all of those priests, you had to be chosen to be the high priest. And you only got to go into the presence of God one time, one man, once a year. But now... I can walk in anytime I want to. Woo! Yes! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Let us draw near. For if we draw near to God, he draws near to us. That's why we pray, y'all. That's why we have family devotions. That's why we have personal devotions. That's why we have corporate prayer. Because we want to draw near to God, and he'll draw near to us. With a, if we draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, From an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and praise him. Go ahead. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And not only is this about Melchizedek, And not only is this about Messiah being a prince, I mean a priest and a king. But you're probably thinking, what does all this have to do with me? Well, guess what? If you're a Christian, if you're a believer in the Messiah, in the Bible that talks about Melchizedek, it has a whole lot to do with you. Because the scripture says, Revelation 1 Verse 5, by the way, this is the first mention of the dual term, kings and priests, as it relates to a believer. They have been called a priest in other parts of the Bible and the New Testament, but here we get the revelation, right? It's not the book of Revelations with an S. It's the revelation of who? Jesus Christ, (laughs) To him, John says, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Woo. So it is about you. And I looked up that word in this scripture in the Greek. My Greek friend <laughs> cooks Mediterranean food. That's the Greek I know. But anyway, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but the word for king here is basilius. That's where you get like a basilica. It was the the seat of authority and power in the Roman Empire and the, the Church, the Catholic Church took over this idea of having a, a central government, a basilica you know, to oversee a region. But it comes from this Greek word basilius, and it means right here in this passage, the king is not your typical king, it's a powerful king. Can you say, I am a powerful king? A powerful. Why? Because of Jesus' blood. Yes. Because he washed you. He cleansed you. Yes. He made you new. He's sanctifying you. Yes. And the word priest, hierius, means holy priest. You see, that's what a saint is. He's a holy one, holy person, pure some of us don't realize who we are. If you're a Christian, you're not some old dirty person. <laughs> you're clean. You're pure. You're set apart to God. You're holy. You're a king. You're a priest. Woo. What a God. I'm telling you what. Now I'm going to go to what Peter had to say, since you know you're a king and a priest, and I'm going to end with this scripture, 1 Peter 2. He says, and by the way, Peter was writing to Hebrews, right? If you see his letter, he's writing to the 12 tribes, you know. He was writing to his brothers. He was the apostle to the Jews. So he's talking to them about coming to Jesus as to a living stone. That's what Jesus is. He's the chief cornerstone, Right? And he is alive. He's not a dead rock. He is a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones. Catch that? He's the living stone, and you're living stones. How does this work? It's because he's in you. He's in you. His spirit is in you. This thing's alive, y'all. We're building a temple in, in the spirit that's a habitation of God. That's why you feel the presence of God when you come here, because you're a living stone like Jesus and are being built up a spiritual house. And not only are you the house, you're the holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Mm. But you are. Say, I am a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special person that I might proclaim the praises of him who called me out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's stand and praise him. Let's stand and praise him. Oh, this is what we're made for. Hallelujah. So the kingship and the priesthood that started with Melchizedek was gone to Christ. And guess what? Christ passed it on to us. From Melchizedek to Messiah and from Messiah to me. That's why I'm offering the sacrifice of praise. The fruit of my lips giving thanks to his name. That's why I'm showing forth the praises of him who has called me out of darkness into this marvelous light. Can you lift your hands and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is giving thanks to his name. Let's continually say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.